wonderful Savior. Yes, he is. My Lord, my God. wonderful Savior we have. I just like we were able to shout on Jesus. Amen. That's it. Not how this car is clothed and preacher comforts. We're just thankful that one Friday he died. And the third day morning he got up. That's not enough to shout about. Thank God for our music ministry leading us in worship today. Amen. Celebrate and praise God for them today. It's a blessing to see you. It's wonderful to have you with us. I want to lift a word today. We've been talking about this whole idea of, of a bucket list, um, things we ought to want to see happen in our lives before um, we leave this earth. And um, and I want to talk today about leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy. Proverbs 13, verse 22. Proverbs 13, verse 22. Um, I want to lift that. Today, amen. Proverbs 13, 22. Grateful for those of you on campus, online. Um, whatever means you have, whether you have Bible, phone, whatever it is, let's go to the word. Proverbs 13, 22. And here's what it says. King James renders it this way. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Another translation says, if you obey God, you will have something to leave your grandchildren. If you don't obey God, those who live right will get what you leave. Amen. I want, I want to leave a, a, a legacy. My all-time favorite television show is Sanford and Son. I believe in my heart there has not been, nor will there ever be, television like Sanford and Son. And so often, when time permits, I go to Amazon Prime and, and watch as many episodes of Sanford and Son as I possibly can. There are three three episodes that came to mind when I was when I was preparing this text, preparing this message for today. And actually, I watched a couple of them. One, one of them was an episode where uh, they got a letter in the mail that uh, Lamont would receive a seven thousand dollar inheritance <laughs> if he were to get married and yes. have a child and name that child after one of his deceased cousins. And of course, Fred did all he could to match Lamont with some lady so he could get married and get that inheritance. Another, another episode was uh, Fred got a letter, matter of fact, an attorney came to the house and shared a letter with him where 
he would get a $1,500 inheritance from one of his uncles. And he was to go make the final arrangements for his uncle, and he would get this inheritance. And so he and Lamont um, go and fly to St. Louis, and they make these arrangements for mm -hmm. his uncle, mm -hmm. and only to discover that the $1,500 is not for him, but it's to cover the funeral expenses. And so when he leaves St. Louis, he is upset because he's flown all the way out there only to discover he will not get that inheritance. The other, the other episode it is one where um, he goes to an art museum with Lamont and, and sees all of these art exhibits and uh, the art the art leader who is a friend of Lamont tells him that different artists have different ways of expressing themselves and these are ways that they in turn leave a legacy. So uh, wanting to leave a legacy, he begins to take the junk in his junkyard and build this tower that he calls the Fred Sanford Museum. Everybody who passes by calls it nothing but a piece of junk, but but he calls it his legacy because he wants to be remembered. I would suggest that in our own way, all of us have a sense of wanting to be remembered long after we've left this earth. That we want our time on this earth to have significance to the degree that not only does it stand for something while we are physically here, but long after we have left here, there's something about what we did while we were here that still holds significance in the lives of people who are left here. I, I would suggest that today, and I believe there is perhaps more discussion about this matter now than ever before, and I thought that we spend a few moments, because in my own life, I as I get older, I think more about um, the latter days of my life and what I've done with my life that has significance. What, what I've done with it that really matters. Because uh, when you get older, you start thinking about the time you've wasted, you things you've done that really didn't matter. And you start thinking more and more about what have I done that has some lasting effect and some lasting influence. Proverbs 13, 22 uh, gives us I believe a very pregnant and pertinent verse because it says to us that a good man, matter of fact, some of the more contemporary translations will say a good person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. In other words, here's the way I read that, and I'll get to the text, that long after you're gone, generations to follow, Yes. should praise God that you were born. Yes. Yes. That even when you yes. cannot hear your name called, yes. people will be thankful that one day you walk this green earth. My, my, my. I, I think that's what, what, is, what it's really saying, that you ought to do something now yes. that has significance oh. later. Yes. My, my, my. I, I, I remember, I remember the boy... I saw some recently. They had these things called now and later. Yeah. And, and, and the package said, eat some now. 
Save some for later. Most of us, most of us, I'm honest enough to say, ate all of them now and had nothing left for later. But your life ought to be lived not just for now. I wish I had some help in But your life ought to be lived for now and later. And this is what I believe this text shares with us, and I'm going to try uh, to share about three areas that I believe we ought to try uh, to leave a legacy in. The first area I, I believe we ought to have a sense of leaving a legacy in is leaving a legacy of wealth. The text says, the text says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just or for the righteous. Right. I, I would suggest that God intends for godly people to use their resources right. for godly purposes oh. so that even when they're gone, yes. the kingdom has been advanced yes. by the resources yes. they invested in the kingdom of the living God. Yes. I, I, I believe, matter of fact, that what God gives you on earth yes. ought to be invested in heaven. Yes. That, that, that's what I believe. That, 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 that's why I believe the scripture tells us. Lay up your treasures in heaven, not on earth, because moats and all kinds of things can eat your treasures on earth. But invest in something that will last longer than the temporal. Because all of this sooner or later will be gone. But invest in something that is eternal. I, I, I would suggest, first of all, that if you're going to leave a legacy of wealth, we need to, first of all, prioritize God as the giver of all wealth. Yes, Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. Proverbs 10, 22 says, The Lord's blessing is what makes us rich. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says to us that we need to remember the Lord because he is the one that gives us the power to gain wealth or what the New Living Translation says to be successful. In other words, if your life is going to have any meaning, it's not because of what you do. It's because of what God's hand does with you and on you. If I'm going to have any sense of leaving a legacy of wealth, i got to remember that it all comes from God. And my blessing must go through God. But not only, not only do I need to prioritize God as the giver of wealth, I need to pray to God about his will concerning wealth. In other words, what does God want me to do with what he's given me? I wish I had time. Because, because what, what most of us have done is pray to God after the fact, oh, rather than before. Y'all playing with me. We pray to God after we've messed up 
what we have. Rather than pray to God when we have something and ask for his direction on and guidance on what to do with what we have. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tell us trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll give direction yeah. to your path. You, you, you might not be in that fix had you talked to God before you did whatever you did. But then, but then not only do we prioritize God as a giver of wealth, pray to God for his will concerning our wealth, but, but then we practice God's ways with our will. In other words, in other words, we take God's resources and practice his principles with his resources. Yeah. Right. Uh, Haggai, Haggai 1, 5 through 7, um, the Lord says, consider your ways. Yeah. Uh -huh. he, he, was telling, he was telling his own people, he said, if you just look at your life, yeah. you, you figure out something was wrong. He said, you're walking around and, and you got holes in your pockets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He said, everything you put in your pocket it doesn't stay there. It goes right. Y'all ain't helping me. Right. It goes right through. Y'all ever got something before you really got it? It was gone because you did not honor God and have wisdom concerning what God gave you. And the Lord says through his prophet, he said, think about what you're doing. Because a whole lot of time, your ways are what's calling you to get out of the way. So I need to pray to God as to give up wealth. I need to pray to God concerning his will for wealth. But then I need to practice God's ways concerning wealth. Actually, actually y'all, there are two biblical principles actually in this same chapter that you can take with you. And I'm going to move. The first biblical principle that, that we can see that can help us concerning this area is actually in verse 23. Yeah. It, it's the biblical principle I, I want to call cultivation. Right. Good church say cultivation. Here's, here's what it says. Here's what it says. Much food is in the tillage of the poor. Right. What that literally means is that even a poor man has opportunities to do good with what he has. Here's what it literally means. It says that's much What they literally mean, tillage was a fellow ground. Or land or ground that had not been cultivated. In other words, it was property that a poor man had that it hadn't worked yet. Yeah. In other words, the land was there, but, but he was going to have to go out and plow the fallow ground and cultivate what he already had. Y'all ain't getting what I'm saying. In other words, his product was right there. He just had to produce his own product. What he needed was right in front of him. He just had to take it and work it. And here is what the Lord is saying today. What do you have right in front of you that you've not cultivated yet? What goods do you have? What gift do you have? What ground do you have?
you have that you have not cultivated yet. In other words, rather than looking at another man's field and saying how pretty it is, how productive it is, maybe if you took a little time and plowed your fallow ground, plowed your fallow ground or cultivated what the Lord had invested in you, you would discover you have the same blessing or better right there with you than what somebody else has. Yeah. He says cultivate. Bible tells us even concerning your gift. It says your gift will make room for you. Yes, it does. And bring you before great men. In other words, I have no reason to be envious of anybody else. What I've got to learn to do is ask God, what have you given me that I can take and make the most of? What can I plant in the ground, Lord? What can I cultivate that can end up being a blessing to your kingdom? I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking the other day, the other day, uh, Deke brought, brought last Sunday, I think it was, Deke brought some, some squash and some tomatoes, had a bag, had some big squash in it, had some tomatoes. And I thought about how when you cultivate and make use of what you have, not only will you be blessed, but you can bless somebody else. Let me try it one more time. See, 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 Deke has a garden, man, and Deke has stuff he plants everywhere. And it's not just enough for Deke's house. Yeah. But he's got enough to pass the blessing around. And when we learn to take what the Lord has given us and cultivate it, it will not only bless us right now, but it will be able to bless generations to come because we took what we had and learned how to work it to the glory of God. There's another word there. There's another word left. I hold you too long. There's not only cultivation, the principle of cultivation, but there's another principle in verse 25. There's a principle of moderation. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Somebody say moderation. moderation. Here's what verse 25 says. Verse 25 said that the righteous man learns how to eat enough to be satisfied. Yeah, yeah. All right. But the, the wicked man is so greedy. He ends up being in want. In other words, I've got to learn how to live on my level. In other words, in other words, learn the sense of contentment. That's what Paul said, godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, in other words, learn how to live off of what I have. And not want more. That I can handle. Because what the scriptures teach us is a greedy man will never be satisfied. A greedy man wants and wants and wants more. And what ends up happening is you can want so much that you end up becoming wasteful. That you want and you won't. I wish I had a little time to talk to somebody today. You got you got closets. Full of stuff. Had enough. Y'all ain't getting right. Had enough, but 
but you want it more than what the fact. A whole lot of y'all, your inheritance is in your closet. Your inheritance is in your driveway because we, we, we want and want and want to the point we have more than we can ever handle. And because we spend so much waste, we end up in want. My Lord, my God. Waste the good of what we have to the point that we end up lacking altogether. My Lord. We've got to learn, we've got to learn the sense of, of moderation. In other words, in other words, if God gave me a Dollar Tree budget, let me learn how to shop at Dollar Tree. Y'all ain't feeling what I'm saying. And when Dillard's gets in my spirit, I'll shop at Dillard's. But, but until then, let me learn how to live on the level God has put me in. Stop, stop trying. Matter of fact, stop trying to ride new when used is what you, where you need to be right now. Stop, stop trying in a luxury. In other words, learn how to live in some sense of moderation. Yeah. If you learn how to handle where you're at. The way the word says, God says, if you're faithful over little. I know how to raise you up. I know how to give you more, but stop asking for dollars when you had to learn how to handle diamonds. Gives us legal, a legacy of wealth, but not only not only a legacy of wealth, but 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 I want to I want to leave a legacy of walking in wisdom. All right, I like this. I want to I want to make wise decisions to the point that wisdom becomes identified with my walk. That, 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 that's, what, that's what verse 20 says. Verse 20 of the text says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But it says, The companion of fools shall be destroyed. In other words, if I want to look at where I'm headed, don't look above you, look around you. Okay. And if your company is foolish, <laughs> it's a good indication that you will find yourself birds of a fellow. I wish I had flock together. If, if you're hanging around fools, there's something about them that's attracting you. And so, and so I, I wanna I wanna learn how to walk in wisdom. Because see, see, wisdom is taking knowledge yeah. and applying it. Right. It's not just enough to have degrees hanging on your wall. <laughs> but the knowledge you have gained, you have to learn to take it off the paper and put the principles in practice. In other words, it's not just enough to have a whole lot in your head. 
But you got to get it in your hands and in your heart and start walking in the knowledge that God has allowed you. I got to learn. I got to learn to walk. Walk in wisdom. Make, make better decisions. That decision this year ought to be better than decision last year. And what I'm doing this year ought to be better than what I was doing 10 years ago. There ought to be some wisdom. In my life that speaks to learning and growing yes. in the things of God. So I want to be wise. I want to be wise, first of all, in who I walk with. Right. Someone, someone says to us, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. Yeah. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Yeah. Can, can I, if I had a little time, had a little time, I'd hang out there for a minute. And, and I tell I would tell you that hanging around the wrong people, you start out walking. You find yourself standing and you'll end up sitting. Go ahead, Pastor. That they, if you start walking in the counsel of the ungodly, right. you'll find yourself standing in the way of sinners. Yeah. And before you know it, you'll stand long enough, you'll start sitting in the seat of the scorn. So I've got to learn to look around me and want to be around wise people. In other words, if I'm the wisest person in my circle, I might need to change circles. In other words, there ought to be somebody I can look up to who's been there, who's done that, and who can tell me how to get there because they have wisdom I do not have. So I need to watch who I walk with. But, 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 then, but then I need to watch how I walk. Ephesians 5, 15 and 17 says, walk as wise. Be, be careful about how you walk. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And it says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, in other words, my walk needs to be consistent with the will of God and with the word of God. There ought to be wisdom in my walk, how I walk. And, and, and when people see my walk and see the evidence of my walk, they ought to see wisdom. In the decisions I've made. Wisdom and how I'm living because I've learned how to walk. Yeah. Now, not as unwise. Not as unwise. And, 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 and now, especially, you got a few, few uh, grades in your hair. You got a little mileage on you. It's time uh, to start making better decisions. You know When I was a child, I speak of the child. I understood the child. I did childish things. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And it, it's time out for some stuff. It, it, it's time out for you acting like a child. I mean, I, just, I see grown folk. 
folk who got a little mileage on them trying to act like you still in your teens. And it, 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 it's time to live in wisdom and, and learn that you are where you are, baby. You, you, you're not a high schooler chilling anymore. You're, you're not in that day anymore. And learn how to walk where you are right now. Live with something since. Tell it, Pastor. You saying something today? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Watch who I walk with and how I walk. How I walk. But then I need to watch where I walk. Where? John says, walk in the light. In the light. In other words, I want to walk in a way and in places and around people that have light. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because where the light is, hmm. is where God is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Matter of fact, John says, if you walk in darkness and you call yourself a child of God, you lie. Yeah. Right. And the truth is not. See, see what happens when you walk in light, even when you slip up and you mess up. Yeah. You can see where you're going. That's it. Yeah. 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 You might fall because the Bible tells us, matter of fact, Proverbs tells us a righteous man falls seven times. Yeah. But what enables the righteous man to live again and do better is he gets up every day. And when I walk in the light, I can see where I stumble. I can see where I fail because I've learned how to walk in the light. But if I'm always trying to creep up and slip up and, and try to get away with something in the dark and do my devilment in the dark, sooner or later it's going to catch up with me. And the Bible tells us what's done in the dark will come to life. So I got to learn. I got to learn to walk, walk in the light. I got to learn. It doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm without error in my life, but it means that I want to walk in a way that brings glory to God. And even if I fall, God can show me where I messed up. Last thing I want to share with you, and I'm out of, I'm out of here, is I want to have a legacy of word and works. I'm done, I'm done. Verse 17 of this same chapter says, a wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador yes. is health. Here's what I want you to get, and I'm done. That that word ambassador, and 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 I think I think it's only used about four times in the Bible. I think three in the Old Testament, one in the New, but it's only used a couple of times. But it's really a word you and I ought to think about concerning our walk with God. An ambassador is one who is sent on behalf of another. To represent him. That's it. And often in our country, we will send ambassadors to other nations. And an ambassador will represent the president on his behalf. And they will stand on his behalf and share whatever his heart is. But we are kingdom ambassadors. And what this text says is that a wicked messenger or an ungodly messenger falls into mischief or ends up going the wrong way, but uh, here he says a faithful ambassador, and, and here, is, here are the two things you need to remember about an ambassador, I'm done. One, if an ambassador runs errands, uh, yeah. an ambassador 
brings messages. An ambassador runs errands for whoever they work for. And then they bring the message from the kingdom wherever they serve from. So if I'm a kingdom ambassador, my life ought to be lived running errands for the kingdom. If I'm God's messenger, my life ought to be lived spreading the message of the living God. In other words, wherever I go and whatever I do, it ought to be done for the kingdom of the living God. So wherever I go, whether it be at home, at work, whether it be in the community, I am God's ambassador. I know you may be working with a bunch of hellions, but you are God's ambassador. I know you may be in setting where the devil is busy, but you are God's ambassador. That's why you can't let the crowd around you get next to you because even in the most hellish places, you gotta still represent God. You can't let yourself get out of so bad where you're talking like them, you're acting like them, and you're living like them. But you're playing with me. You are God's ambassador. So here, 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 here Here's what I got to do while I'm living. I got to send praises to God and let all generations, even those to come, know the goodness of God. In other words, the way people behind us learn how good God has been to us is we got to tell them. You, you tell them how you made it over. You tell them how you got through. Stop acting like you did it all by yourself. Stop acting like you pulled yourself up by your own bootstrap. But, but, but every now and then, you ought to tell your story and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I, I don't know where. Can anybody just hit the priest here? In, in other words, you were young and foolish and had God not kept you and covered you, you would have fallen, but by the goodness of grace of God, he kept you, and you ought to tell somebody else, if he did it for me, he will do it for you. But not only that, not only that, we ought to share guiding truth. Deuteronomy 6 says that in the house, we ought to tell them all about how good God has been. We ought to share with our children yeah. the faithfulness of God and how historically and presently and in the future God takes care of his children. Matter yeah. of fact, I, I like I like um Second Timothy one and five because yeah. Paul told Timothy, he said, when I look at you, I don't just see you, but I see the faith of your grandmother, and I see the faith of your mother. In other words, there is intergenerational faith. In other words, your grandmama showed your mama how to walk with God, and your mama showed you how to walk with God. And if God allows you to have some children, you show them how to walk with God. I'm done, y'all, but all I'm trying to tell somebody is you ought to be a living example of what it means to walk with God. You ought to be able to tell your children, tell your family, not just by your word, but by your demonstration, what it means to walk with God. When the meal barrel gets low, you ought to be able to look toward heaven and say, Lord, you provided before and I know you'll provide again. When, when your body is racking with pain and all the medicine in the world won't do anything, you ought to be able to look towards heaven and say, Lord, you've been Jehovah Rapha before. 
you healed my body before and Lord I know you can do it again when you're lost and can't find your way and you don't know what to do you say Lord you are my shepherd show me where to go show me what to do Lord guide me direct me you've done it before and I know you'll do it again that's alright I want to leave a legacy my Lord, my God. Legacy well. Lord, yes. Have some. Yes. Don't throw it all away. Don't can all you get and get all you can. All right, Pastor. All right. All right. <laughs> but have, have something. Have something. The, the way we operate in the world yes. is we got to have some resources in this world. Right. Yeah, right. 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 I hear you, family. And don't eat up everything. Leave no. something. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> For the next generation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So but then not only wealth, but wisdom. Yes. Your life, you ought to be, look, be able to look back at your life. Praise God. And see better yeah. decisions. <laughs> better obedience to godly principles. Yeah. You ought to see the fruit of your labor because you've learned how to walk with God. Then a wealth of word and works. And people see you as a kingdom citizen being an ambassador, doing the work of God, sharing the word of God as you go along your way. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer someone with word of song, if I can show someone they're traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. Stand on. That's all right, Pastor. What are you leaving? What are you leaving here? That's all right. Be remembered. Yes. For being God's child. Yes. Yeah. And doing God's work. Thank you, Lord. Here's about others. Thank you for another chance, oh God. influential and impactful for your name's sake, oh God. Help us even now, God. We pray you would redeem the time, oh God. We pray even you restore years, oh God, that we wasted, God. Give us a chance now, God, to walk better, to live better, to do better, God. That you can be glorified in our lives. Thank you, God, for being merciful toward us. We've not always done what you should have. And if we're honest, God, we've wasted many opportunities, God, and many of the resources you poured into our lives. We pray for your mercy and your grace this day, God. 
now we pray you give us wisdom with whatever you bless us with. Bless today from the youngest to the oldest, God, to make the most of the days you give us. Teach us to number our days, oh God, that, that we may apply our hearts of wisdom. Thank you today. For all you are, and thank you for all you've done. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Yes, Amen. 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 If I can help, some.